Welcome to Hacking Your ADHD, part of the ADHD Rewired Podcast Network. I'm your host, William Kerb, and I have ADHD. On this podcast, I dig into the tools, tactics, and best practices to help you work with your ADHD brain. My desk usually has at least a few fidget toys on top of it. I say usually only because my children frequently sneak into my office to steal them. But the rest of the time, I have a couple infinity cubes, a tangle, and a piece of sea glass I use as a worry stone. I love having them around to play with as I think through sentences while I'm writing, and also sometimes to keep my hands busy while I'm reading. Today, we're going to be talking about the rise of fidgets over the last few years, and then dive into how they're supposed to work. We'll also be discussing what makes a good fidget, and of course, if you want to find links to everything that I'm talking about, please go check out the show notes page at hackingyouradhd.com slash fidgetscience. Alright, keep on listening to find out why we just can't stop fidgeting. Fidget spinners entered the popular vernacular in 2017 when they boomed in popularity. And when I say boomed, they really boomed. In May of 2017, the sales of fidget spinners peaked, making up 17% of all online toy sales. Let me say that again. 17% of all online toy sales. That's an astronomical amount of market share. But of course, that's also because it wasn't just one company making fidget spinners. Everyone was making fidget spinners. The origins of fidget spinners aren't the clearest. Many news outlets have credited Catherine Hedinger with patenting the original fidget spinner back in 1993, a patent she let lapse in 2005 because she couldn't pay the fees. But a Bloomberg piece that looked at the spinning toy that she developed concluded it wouldn't hold up as a patent for the fidget spinner. It is only similar in that it spins. It looks more like a small frisbee than a fidget spinner. In 2015, we see the first real steps into fidget spinners as Scott McCowskery developed the Torque Bar. It only has two arms compared to the three that we commonly see, but at its core, it is a fidget spinner. It was created as a toy that was going to just keep your hands busy. But one thing to note is that Torque Bars are made of high-end metals like brass, titanium, and stainless steel and sell for hundreds of dollars. But despite that high price point, they were incredibly popular. Nonetheless, we didn't see fidget spinners take off in popularity until Fidget 360. In 2017, 17-year-old Alan Maman convinced his physics teacher to let him use the school's 3D printer to make a spinner. Maman enlisted the help of a friend, Cooper Weiss, and soon they were printing hundreds of spinners at their school, which the school promptly stopped them from doing, but not before they raised enough money to buy their own 3D printer. They formed the company Fidget 360, and from there, they made use of social media influencers to drive their sales. As the first company to be mass-producing the toy, they were soon raking in them dollar-dollar bills. And now, in 2020, fidget spinners are just thought of as a fad that faded away. Looking at the current rankings on Amazon's top toys, the highest-ranked fidget spinner ranks 3,830th. So yeah, I'd say the fad is over. In fact, the highest-ranked toy in the fidget spinner category isn't even a fidget spinner. But the point of all this is that fidgets have entered the mainstream. While the fidget spinner certainly wasn't the first fidget toy, it was the one that brought them into the public eye. Now when I search on Amazon, I can find dozens of different kinds of fidgets. But now I'm also thinking about why fidget spinners disappeared. If they were so popular, why aren't they anymore? We could credit many schools with banning them, but we all know how well banning things at schools go. And sure, fad culture has something to do with it, but I think it also has to do with the claims made by the companies making these toys. 
They were advertised as a way to increase focus and decrease anxiety, especially among those of us with ADHD and on the autism spectrum. I'm sure many marketers ran with the idea that it would benefit neurotypicals just as much, but none of those claims made were based on good science. Basically, people saw some studies have shown fidgeting helpful for concentration for those with ADHD, and then tried to use the transitive property to say that any fidgets were beneficial. Because of the rapid rise of fidget spinners, it took a while for science to catch up. But recent studies have been anything but conclusive, with some studies finding fidget spinners more harmful to attention than helpful. And that brings us to the crux of this episode. Are fidgets helpful? From fidget spinners to cubes to tangles to clicking pens to worry stones to bouncing our legs, there are a lot of different ways to fidget, and not all fidgets are created equally. So let's first talk about attention. When we're focused on one thing, it means that we're ignoring everything else. Think about hyperfocus. We're so keyed into what's in front of us that everything else seems to fade into the background. A regular level of focus acts in the same way. It's just that we don't really notice all the stuff that's being filtered out. Let's say you're walking down the street talking with a friend. As you make your way down the street, there are hundreds of things that your brain is taking in. You've got all the signs that you see, all the sounds you hear, the smells. All of these things are trying to get our attention, and they do hold some part of it. There is a lot of information that's coming in that you are aware of, but isn't what we'd call top of mind. It seems like we are ignoring all these inputs around us, but our brain is just really holding them in check so that we don't step in that hole or walk into a pole. On the other side of things, we've got our conscious attention. These are the things that we are directing our minds to. While I'm out on that walk, I'm trying to pay attention to that conversation with my friend. While everything else is going on around me, that is what my focus and attention is on. I miss less of the conversation because I'm directing my attention there while I let the rest of the inputs around me get filtered out. And that's why I end up stepping into that hole or walking into that pole. So when we're talking about fidgets, it's also important to talk about the idea of stipulation. These are the inputs that we're trying to filter out, or in some cases, the extra inputs that we need. With ADHD, we need to seek an optimal level of stipulation to keep focused. If we think back to a boring meeting or a class where the teacher is droning on about the Holly Smoot Tariff Act, then you know how despite your best intentions to stay focused, your mind just kind of wanders away. In fact, it doesn't even have to be that boring. I find myself drifting off while watching YouTube videos despite the fact that I'm only clicking on things that I supposedly want to watch. So what's going on here? Well, basically everyone has an optimal level of stimulation to stay focused, even neurotypicals. It's just that it's much easier for them to hit that threshold to hold their attention. With ADHD, we often have to work on making sure that we're reaching that optimal level. And this isn't a case where more stimulation is always a good thing. I used to do a lot of my writing in coffee shops. If I happened to forget my headphones, I might as well just head home because it was almost impossible for me to maintain my focus. This goes back to how we manage our attention. Optimally, my brain would just filter out all those other conversations around me. But with my ADHD, that often doesn't happen. My mind will try and split its attention in two different directions and end up unable to focus on either thing. But just as often, we find ourselves understimulated, and this is where having a fidget comes in. So as I was saying earlier, I'll be watching a YouTube video, but I won't be able to maintain my focus even though it's an exciting topic. To help keep me engaged, I'll grab one of my fidgets on my desk, usually an infinity cube. The act of folding the cube over and over again gives my brain just enough to do that I can stop thinking about other things while not engaging me so thoroughly that I can't focus on the video. I want to be clear here that everyone's optimal level of arousal is different. This is a big part of why it's so hard to study fidget toys. What works for me might not work for you. There are just too many factors in play to study fidgets well. 
not to mention that they are going to be different between adults and children. This doesn't mean that we should be throwing fidgets out as something that don't work. As I've said, I use them frequently. The key here is that you're going to have to be a self-scientist and figure out what works best for you. So what does make a good fidget? Well, the most important factor is that it doesn't engage you so much that you lose focus on what you're actually trying to pay attention to. For me, this means something that I can do idly in my hands. The more I have to look at my fidget, the more likely it is that I'm going to lose focus. This means that things like fidget spinners are actually pretty bad fidgets for me. They are fun to play with, but I don't actually get much out of just holding them. Top fidgets for me are, first, my favorite, the Infinity Cube, and then things like tangles, marble meshes, and fidget cubes. I just need something tactile in my hand that is going to let me put it down easily. We've also got an enormous range of fidgets that don't fall into the toy category of things. You've got stuff like clicking your pen, swinging your keys, worry stones, or even just shaking your leg. These are all things that we'd play with normally to get a little bit of that excess energy out and to help us focus a little more on the actual task at hand. I'd also like to note, though, that just because a fidget is helpful for us focusing does not mean it is appropriate to always be doing. Think about clicking a pen. You get that sweet tactile feeling of the button clicking and the satisfying sound. But what if you're not the one clicking the pen? Holy hell, I will murder the person across the room clicking their pen over and over while we're just sitting in the waiting room. So yeah, we've got to consider how our fidgeting might be affecting other people. I try to be particularly aware of the sounds that my fidgets are making because my wife is sensitive to that kind of stimuli. If I was just going around clicking a pen all day, I'm fairly sure I'd be the one who was murdered. Another example that comes to mind is from my brother knitting, which serves as an excellent fidget for him. But at the same time, it can also make people think that he isn't paying attention to them because, well, he's knitting. The point being here is that our fidgeting isn't in a void. What we do affects other people, and we should at least try and keep that in mind. One last piece here is to add that our phones can sometimes serve as an effective fidget, but I want to emphasize the word sometimes, because they can easily be a double-edged sword. Say if you're playing a simple game and listening to a podcast. I know I have trouble just sitting and listening to something, so having something to do that isn't taking up too much of my attention is really helpful for me to actually focus. But our phones aren't great options most of the time. There are just too many other enticing options on there. While I'm playing my game, I might hear something that makes me want to take a note. So then I'll be rooting around on my phone for my note-taking app, and then I might see that Twitter icon, and I'll just look at a couple of tweets. And don't tell me that you'll just use self-control and not look at Twitter. We've got impulse control problems, people. Come on. So then suddenly I'll realize that I paused my podcast 30 minutes ago, and I'm five pages deep on hashtag memes. And that's not to mention how our phones just aren't that great in social situations. Just like my brother's knitting, people like to know that you are paying attention to them. So sure, maybe if you're watching some Tiger King, go ahead and play some simple games at the same time so you can keep focused on whatever it is Joe Exotic is doing. But the rest of the time, keep your phone put away. It's just too much of a distraction. Thanks for sticking with me all the way to the end. Before you go, though, let's do a quick rundown of today's top tips. 1. There's a lot of sketchy claims about fidget toys. Be wary of marketing claims, but don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Figure out which fidgets work best for you. 2. Fidgets work by helping us manage our attention and focus. It can be hard for us to direct our attention when we're either over or under stimulated. 3. 
the best fidgets are things that we can do with our hands without looking at them. We don't want to be drawing too much of our attention to use them, just enough to help drown out the outside stimuli around us. And that's it for this episode. Thanks for listening. I'd love to hear what you thought. You can reach me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Hacking Your ADHD. Or you can connect with me over at hackingyouradhd.com slash contact. If you'd like links or to read this episode's transcript, you can go to the show notes page at hackingyouradhd.com slash fidget science. If you're this far into the end of the show, you might also be interested in the other podcasts on the ADHD Rewired Podcast Network. For in-depth interviews with fellow ADHDers and ADHD experts, check out ADHD Rewired with Eric Tiffers. If you're a parent with ADHD or have a child with ADHD, definitely check out Brendan Mahan's show, ADHD Essentials. I also do a live Q&A with Eric and Brendan every second Tuesday of the month at 10.30 a.m. Pacific. If you'd like to register for the next one coming up on May 11th, just go to ADHDrewired.com events. It's been a pleasure, and until next time, stay curious. Stay curious.